You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by E.J. Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Obi Toppin, he is going to be out at least two or three weeks. He has a, a what they're calling a non-displaced fracture in his right uh, fibula head, uh, the backup four man will be evaluated in two to three weeks. This is an injury that's kind of rare. Um, there aren't very, really many examples of this injury. Uh, Nick fans may be familiar with it because Tyson Chandler back in the 2013-2014 season had a similar injury. That sidelined him for about six weeks. More recently, Zach Collins, center for the uh, San Antonio Spurs, suffered a similar injury as well. He was on the shelf for three weeks. So kind of up and down timetables for how long it will be out, but certainly it's going to be a loss for the Knicks. Um, Tommy, how do you feel like the Knicks will have to adjust with OB out for a considerable amount of time? Yeah, I think it's, it's also important to point out, as you know, that he's, he's going to be out for at least two to three weeks. That's just when he gets reevaluated. So, yeah. um, you know, I think typically, you know, depending on estimates, it's like usually four to six, it can be on the short end of this, you know, spectrum and, and we'll see, but um, yeah, I mean, best case scenario is, is he's only going to miss two or three weeks. And I, and I think that's unlikely because obviously he's a young kid, they're not going to rush him back. It's not like they're, you know, competing for a championship and you don't need to get back for the playoffs or anything. Along yeah. So they're going to err on the side of caution as they should. Um, which leaves the Knicks in a bind. Knicks have plenty of depth at, at point guard, shooting guard, plenty of wings. They three quality centers. Power forward is the only position um, that they really lack considerable depth in. Uh, basketball reference list players. You know, it's a, it's not a, it's nothing. Uh, it's not an exact science, obviously, but they list. You know, uh, while, while they're on the floor, what percentage of minutes they play at each position. Um, Obi was playing a hundred percent of his minutes at power forward. He probably should have played some five, but that's you know there and, yeah. and Randall's like ninety nine percent of his minutes at power forward. The only other player more than two percent um, was Cam Reddish at like three percent. You know, so that right. that just gives you kind of an idea. Um, while there's been a lot of fluctuations in the line up and guys in guys out rotation shortening one of those two guys have been on the floor at power forward pretty much uh, every meaningful minute of the season so um tonight in charlotte will be the first chance we get to see how tibbs adapts um and um that'll be fascinating to kind of see what direction he goes uh, he mentioned rj barrett i thought was interesting when first asked about it 
Wednesday after after Wednesday's win, but obviously he was still, you know, didn't have information. He didn't know if even Obi would play Friday. So it's not a night to digest it, another day to kind of look at it in practice. I'm sure go over his, you know, the thoughts with his coaching staff. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um kind of who slides in there. What would you say? What would you guess is your best prediction as to as to who eats up most of those minutes? Yeah, I mean, I think that RJ at the four we'll certainly see more of. And it's not uh it's not a an adjustment that I particularly don't hate to be honest uh, i think rj barrett with the way he rebounds the ball for a three man and the ability to kind of make the knicks a little more quicker a little more dynamic uh maybe get them more in open space i, I like the idea of playing rj at the four and getting nick to play smaller allows you to switch a little more as well potentially i i do wonder what happens with cam reddish because he would appear to be kind of like the obvious person to slide right in there but when, when i was thinking about it today if i'm cam reddish's agents in his team and we're working on a trade to get him to another team i don't know if i want him out there playing for the knicks right now like like why why would you like you, you want to keep him healthy keep him you know rested and don't have don't have any issues happen where he doesn't become undesirable because he you know has unfortunately god forbid uh, a bad injury during this time where he's just filling in for always hopping for you know three four weeks so i'm very curious like what the conversation is between cam and the knicks and what the understanding is i wonder if as crazy as it sounds, I wonder if we see more of Evan Fournier and even Svee Mikhailuk. I thought it was interesting that in the broadcast for the last game, uh, Tibbs, I mean, to me, um, Breen was talking about how much Tibbs loves Svee Mikhailuk. And if you do play RJ at the four, someone's got to slide in at the three. And if you are in a situation where Cam Reddish is on ice, Svee is really the last swingman on the roster. And apparently he's a guy that Tibbs is, 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 is in favor of, a guy that he likes. So, he might be like the real like wild card, like, you know, dark horse pick to somehow find his way into the rotation. He did have a really good G League game uh, this week as well, or last week, whenever the last time he was down there. So uh, Cam and Svee were probably my first two uh, looks. I'm curious if he would go Sims, but I, I just don't I don't see how Sims and Hardenstein make sense together. Uh, so I, I, that wouldn't really make sense to me. But um, it's going to be curious. I don't know. Where, where do you think that he goes? Do you think that? Is there any chance that Svee Mikhailuk makes cracks the rotation because of this? I hadn't thought of that. Um, and, and putting in Mikhailuk ahead of Fournier would definitely be controversial. Yeah, and, you know, and, and you know, uh, cause some some maybe some issues from, from Fournier's perspective. Um, but yeah, the thing with with Barrett at the fours, I mean, he already leads a team in minutes, playing over thirty three minutes a night. Yeah. Um, so I don't. And he struggled. He's been inefficient. Um, hasn't been solid on either end of the ball. Um, putting up decent counting stats, um, but um, you know, defensively it seems like he's taking a little bit of a step backwards, and offensively certain certainly hasn't been as efficient as the as the team would want. Um, I think Reddish. I think Reddish is going to get a crack, uh, the first crack at at at, at the rotation and, and consistent minutes. Um, I hear what you're saying as far as you know. He kind of feels like, oh, you guys didn't want me, and now uh, because Obi got injured, you're going to throw me in. Um, but at the same time. He, if there was a league-wide demand for him, he would have already been traded. You know, I, I think, true. you know, so I, at, th at this stage of the game, um, you know, he, I understand that, you know, he, he may feel like he's, you know, a little bit of a fullback, but he also has an opportunity to prove that he can play on an NBA level. Um, I don't know how many more opportunities he, he's going to get. He's still young, um, certainly talented enough, and he'll definitely get another contract. 
Um, you know, but like Kevin Knox, you know, when, when he played a ton of minutes for the Knicks and then he's in Atlanta kind of at the end of the bench. And I was getting a little bit of an opportunity with the Pistons now. Um, but again, you know, you get to 27, 28, 26, um, yeah. really so many opportunities these guys get. So, um, I, I think he'll, he'll jump at the, op- at the chance to, to get reinserted back into the rotation. Um, so I, I think that that's probably the most likely scenario. Um, but I would like to see them at least experiment a little bit um, with Jericho Sims at the four. Um, mm. he, you know, he's, we, he's the thing that impressed me most about Sims is his lateral quickness on the perimeter. Like we know we yeah. can go high, we know we can finish, um, but he's done a really solid job. Um, when he's in random situations, closing out on shooters, you know, smaller, obviously when he gets switched on to smaller players, high pick and rolls, um, he's done a good job of kind of staying in front of those guys. Um, I think it was the Nuggets game on the West Coast trip um, late yep. in the game where he stayed in front of Jamal Murray and, and forced to contest the three or um, forced uh, Murray to pass the ball. So um, the, obviously he's suited to play the five four is not his ideal position but you know six minutes you know three minutes a half something along those lines give him a stretch um uh, maybe it's you know with mitch at the five maybe it's with hartenstein at the five maybe it's with randall you know um you know randall gets a few more minutes at the four um and, but but i thought sims played well enough this year of the guys that are out of the rotation now um, I think he's probably the guy that's earned the, the that that has, I don't want to say unfairly because you know Hardenstein's you know quality player contributes a lot. Mitch yeah. played really well of late, um, so I understand that there's only so many minutes to go around that center. But I do feel like he earned an opportunity to kind of stay in the rotation. It's just a, a numbers crunch thing. Um, so I would like to see him you know get an opportunity, maybe play a you know at least get inserted and see what he can do. If he can't handle it, um, you know so be it. But I, I'd like to see them at least experiment with him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and with Sims, like defensively, I think he totally could play the four. I mean, when I when I did draft evaluations, and I was so excited when he drafted him because he was my one of my favorites in that draft. One of the things that immediately jumped out at me was his ability to switch on guards and stay in front of them. I mean, that was very evident during watching his tape at Texas. So defensively, I think he could guard fours and be switched on to the small guards and have no issue. I worry about the offense if you're putting them next to someone like Mitch. Hardenstein maybe not as bad because Hardenstein yeah, can handle well, and pass a little bit. That's the thing. I don't think they've utilized Hardenstein well this season. No, they've not. With the Clippers, he was a great facilitator, top of the key. You know, he passed to the to the corners, things along those yeah. lines. So maybe if you play him with iHeart, um, that that you know, and, and Hardenstein hasn't knocked down the three uh, consistently this season. But maybe you know he stretches the floor a little bit. So yeah, you're right. I I think he's definitely a better fit if he's going to play along a five. It's better to be Hardenstein than Mitch. Yeah, and Hardenstein, the whole Hardenstein usage has been really one of the more frustrating things with Tibbs' performance this year. Because as you mentioned, like Hardenstein with the Clippers was an excellent passer, an excellent ball handler. Um, We saw at the end of the last season, he was able to stress the floor a little bit and shoot the three ball. He's not shooting it as well right now. But it's like because of the way this offense is run, it it doesn't give me confidence that like they would figure that out. Like could – 
the Clippers figure that out, if they had Jericho Sims and they had to play him at the four, like, yes, I think that they could figure that out. Do I think the Knicks and this Thibodeau coaching staff, could they figure that out with how they've been using Hardenstein? Uh, no, <laughs> that, that's the, that's the, that's almost even more of a concern than even just the fit itself is based on how this offense is run and how they're using Hardenstein. I don't know how that, that helps. Now, again, I agree with you that Sims has been the guy who probably has earned the most minutes of the guys who don't play. He had a really good stretch during that time where Mitch was out and it seems to be a numbers game. It feels kind of like, to be honest, when they, when they signed Hardenstein, I was, a little on the fence about it because I really thought that I thought Sims showed that he could play last year. Um, I, I thought he showed he's an older player. He's not. He's not a guy who's like a freshman coming out of college. Right. Played four years at Texas. Yep. I thought he showed in that time last year that he was ready to get you know backup center minutes, which is about 15 minutes a night. It's not anything you're asking him to play 30 minutes. So you hide, sign Harden sign, and now you got you're playing. You're running around with three centers. All three of them are really solely centers. None of them you would play in the four in an ideal situation it kind of now leads you in this position where now you don't have a flex player if Obi or Randall would get hurt. So that kind of leaves the Knicks in this weird position. I do have to say, when Obi went out, there was one very familiar name that kept coming up among Knicks fans, at least on social media. And I feel like we would be remiss not to at least broach the topic of whether or not the Knicks should fill this time with Obi and out by bringing in Nick Great Carmelo Anthony. Are you in favor of bringing back Melo for a farewell tour with the Knicks for this short period of time with OBI. I thought if the Knicks traded for Mitchell and, you know, got rid of um, Randall in the deal somehow, where there's three way or, or whatever the case might be, or in a separate trade and just kind of recentered the team around Donovan Mitchell, I thought, um, and, and Randall got moved, you know, Obi would slide into starting power forward position. I thought that would be make a lot of sense to have Carmelo do a farewell tour as, you know, play 50 minutes a night. Um, as it stands, we're 25 games into the season. Um, Randall's obviously entrenched as a, as a power forward playing 33, 35 minutes a night. Um, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. The Knicks have enough controversy and drama and issues yeah. swirling around. Rose is benched and, and Fournier's benched. Um, and those guys that have, have put in their blood, sweat, and tears into the Knicks team the last two years with Tibbs. Um, you know, obviously, Mello deserves his flowers. Uh, you know, he's, you know, he carried the, the franchise for a while, gave fans something to watch um, when the product was pretty poor. Um, so so credit to, to Mello for, um, you know, what he did when he was here. Also, I, I do find it, as a random aside while we're talking about yeah. Mello, I always I, – I have to laugh when folks say – it's clear that the Mitchell trade would have been a colossal error because what do you want? Carmelo Anthony 2.0. Like <laughs> the Knicks actually won a playoff series with Carmelo Anthony. They that made playoffs year three years in a row um, with Carmelo Anthony. They won seven playoff games over a three year span in the 15 years before that. And the six years since they haven't, they've won one playoff game, you know? So listen, did the, <laughs> did the Carmelo Anthony experiment yeah. work out as, as everyone had hoped as Nick fans had hoped it would, of course not. Um, yeah. But to, to be fair, team won 54 games made it the second round. We're competitive year after year. Um, so it's, it's not as though, uh, you know, especially in contrast and comparison to what was before and what has come since um, it's, that's not the worst case scenario, but that's neither you know, they are uh, as far as the yeah. short term goes. Um, I, I just don't see it as a as a as a solution that makes a lot of sense, to be honest. 
Yeah, in some ways, the Knicks is kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with a lot of these yeah. deals. So it's like, you know, the other side is saying, well, Melo is the only good thing you had. So it's like, all right, so you don't want the Knicks to get Melo or, or Donovan Mitchell because right. that's the only good thing you had. But then you're saying well, the reason why he didn't win, it's very weird. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think because I don't expect the OB injury to be something that is very long-term, I think he'll be back in probably a month, a month and a half tops. So you're mm-hmm. talking about maybe a – uh a, a late january return or maybe you know he comes right before valentine's day right around the all-star break i think that they should be able to survive that without him going small or playing going big you know that's their only option they don't have another four man uh, right now so their only option is to do uh small or big home off the bench i think they'll be fine with that who <laughs> knows if there's a trade that happens with one of these guys whether it be the guys we mentioned yesterday fournier quickly um and uh, Reddit, who's to say a Ford a four doesn't come back? Like you never know what comes back in those deals. So who's to say that they don't actually solve this problem? The other trade? thing, is, just as far as Mello goes, is the team has scored plenty of points. It's not the issue defensively, yeah. you know. And and you can't Mello is just a liability. It's, he was even at the prime peak. Mello um, wasn't a good defender. Now he's now he's a traffic cone. So just it is you know there's there's other power forwards out there that they could. I understand the nostalgia aspect of it. And if they were tanking and if there was no other you know they wanted to fill seats or you know boost the ratings a little bit, I can understand Dolan maybe saying, listen, do this and you know we'll, you know we'll, we'll sell a few extra tickets. But they don't need to do that. Um, so for that reason, I think if they wanted to bring in another power forward, if they feel they have to bring in another power forward, um, and Reddish doesn't fit the bill, and Sims, etc., um, then, then I think there's other options out there that are better.